Global Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellito. We are looking at a mixed picture here for U.S. equities, but the S&P, NASDAQ, they are at records. Any move higher for both the S&P and NASDAQ will be a record today. The S&P up half a point right now. NASDAQ also little changed up by two points. Dow Industrials up by less than one half of one point. The 10-year up 2.30 seconds, yield 2.25%. Gold up 12.50 the ounce to 12.68, up by 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude up 91 cents a barrel to 49.81. That is a gain of 1.9%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. Some $31 billion expected to be spent by the biopharmaceutical companies on developing new drugs. We wanted to take a little bit of a, a look at that and look at the development process uh, and how all of this plays into drug pricing and other things. Um, here with us, back with us, Dr. Ian Lusbader. He's Associate Professor of Medicine at the NYU School of Medicine, along with Dr. Gary Jacob, President and CEO at Synergy Pharmaceuticals, both of them in our Bloomberg 1130 studio on this Friday. Um you know, we love talking about this, and I think it's an important issue about, you know, drug development, especially as we're looking at, you know, maybe a new version of healthcare. Um, Ian, talk to me a little bit about the process of developing drugs. I mean, it's a long one. It often takes a long time, a lot of money. It certainly does. Uh, last time I was here, we talked about overall healthcare costs, 17% of the GDP. Uh, total GDP is about 19 trillion. Healthcare is about, uh, 3 trillion. So it's a, a big number. And of that, uh, prescription medication is about 10%. So somewhere between 300 billion to 400 billion. So it's a big chunk of the budget. But we've made amazing breakthroughs. Uh, hepatitis C, patients who might have needed a liver transplant. It's about, um, $500,000, give or take, versus say $1,000 a pill uh, for a hepatitis C drug, say $90,000. You know, a lot of challenges, and that yeah. took years. We tortured patients for years before we got to an incredibly effective drug. So we have to encourage um, companies like Dr. Jacob Synergy to develop new medications that work, you know, with low side effects. Dr. Jacob, come on in. Tell us what you guys are doing at Synergy. Well, uh, thank you, first of all, for the opportunity. Sure. So um, I'm, we're quite excited because recently, actually in January of this year, the FDA approved our first drug, Trulance, mm-hmm. uh, to treat adults with chronic idiopathic constipation. This is a functional GI disorder. And uh, to your point, uh, we've been involved in uh, developing this drug for a very long time. In fact, the original work, the original patent on the composition of the drug itself goes all the way back to 2002. Just think of that. So that 15 was 15 years. 15 years ago. And throughout that period of time, of course, uh, there were a considerable number of ups and downs. Uh, we were a very small biotech company. At that time, there were just the three, four people involved in that early work. Uh, we now have uh, over 140 employees. We are a, a public company, NASDAQ listed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched our drug on March 24th. Uh, we have a sales force of around 250, so we've grown considerably during that period of time. 
We've raised uh, over $675 million to advance this drug all the way through the largest clinical trials ever conducted in the chronic idiopathic constipation. It was over 2,700 patients. And we also had two registration trials that involved uh, another indication that we're looking to hope to uh, get approval from FDA. So this is a very difficult business we're in. It's very time-consuming. And we have a limited uh, what we call exclusivity with patents that only give you 20 years from the time you file your original patent to recoup all of the all of the R&D expenses and all of the failures in the larger sense of in terms of other companies that are having to stomach all the programs that fail and that have to be supported by those successes that are out there. Are there too many safeguards built into the system? I mean, there, you know, one of the reasons the, the trials are so extensive is because they really want to make sure drugs are safe when they get to the market because we've seen what happens when drugs aren't safe when they get to the market and the effect it has. Certainly an excellent question. And, of course, it depends on the particular disease. If you have a cancer where you have an unmet medical need, that is no drug that's available, the FDA, of course, is going to have more leeway in terms of looking at the efficacy versus the safety profile. If you have a, a disease that, uh, in, in, our, in our case, is not life-threatening, then the safety profile is, 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 is much higher. So it's more complicated uh, than that that the FDA has to deal with. But remember, FDA's major mandate is safety, right. ensuring that it's safety for the public. We're talking with Dr. Gary Jacob, President and CEO at Synergy Pharmaceuticals, along with Dr. Ian Lusbader, Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine at the NYU School of Medicine. Um, Dr. Lusbader, let me bring you back, because I do think when it comes to drug pricing, I think we all don't quite understand what goes into it. Uh, asking the, the doctor who's prescribing it is uh, probably not not the best approach. You know, we uh, write for a number of new medications. We love to be on the cutting edge. Uh, the challenge often is insurance uh, may not cover uh, medication. We have to get drug approvals. We have to get approvals for CAT scans. We have to get approval sometimes now even for generic medications. So um, uh, how do we change that? How do we simplify it? How do we make it logical? Can we make it logical? That's a great question. Uh, certainly, we want to encourage companies. It sounds like uh, Synergy took uh, 10, 12 years, which is about average uh, yeah. for, for most medications. 15, actually, right? Uh, to, to, to come to market. And we certainly want to be on the cutting edge. But, you know, insurance companies pay the bill, and they really can write uh, with their formulary what they'll accept. And you have to go through many hurdles to justify uh, why you want that specific medication. Would it be easier? Um, uh, you know, Hi, Doug. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Corey. Hi, Corey. Yeah, so, so sorry, Gary, Gary, let me ask you, would it be easier uh, if Synergy were part of a bigger company? So uh, that speaks to the, the whole I- issue of how drugs are discovered and developed. Uh, and there tends to be a yin-yang in, in, in the answer to that. That is, big pharma tends to have their own major R&D program. And, uh, of course, they're looking at uh, the, uh, the, the, the risk-benefit of that. Uh, and you've got uh, a number of uh, biotech companies that get started oftentimes from an academic start with a, an idea and a technology that a company is interested in pursuing. And in, in essence, the, the biotech industry is a, a feeder stream oftentimes for big pharma in terms of taking greater risks on new opportunities with new indications 
and new technologies to develop uh, stem cell technology, uh, microRNA-based technology. Oftentimes, those technologies that big pharma right. will leave to the biotech company, and then they'll look at those companies that fail and, and pick up and oftentimes acquire the companies that do succeed. I mean, I remember going out to J&J on the West Coast and just looking at, they really were serving as an incubator where they were welcoming uh, startup companies that had some ideas, and those companies were working at J&J facilities, using J&J equipment, but they were under no responsibility that they had to eventually work with J&J, but J&J had them under the roof so they could at least be watching them very closely. To some degree, it's to the big company's advantage to let smaller companies or, mm-hmm. or, or biotech discover, do the preclinical research, clinical trials, uh, then get FDA right. uh, review, and then uh, post-marketing. Those are sort of the steps along the way. And if someone else does the heavy lifting and it's a proven drug, well, great. Then you can buy them and get an estimate. Let me ask you, Dr. Jacob, just got about 30 seconds here, though. Could we, should we be able to simplify the drug pricing process? Well, of course, there is always... Uh, is it the, is some, it the is it the legal costs the potential legal costs that make it so expensive? I, I think part of this is just the complexity of we're talking about because you're looking at uh, this is a, a brave new world we're dealing with with the the whole human genome being yeah. sequenced and opportunities to develop new drugs and oftentimes the technologies are very expensive and uh, so, and, and particularly the emphasis on orphan indications yeah. where you have very limited numbers of patients. So listen. Hopefully we can continue this conversation another time because it's it's a good one and it's a smart one and certainly relevant. Dr. Ian Lasvader, Clinical Associate Professor of Medicine at NYU School of Medicine, along with Dr. Gary Jacob, President and CEO at Synergy Pharmaceuticals. This is Bloomberg.